0: Hey, listen listening to Commander Kickout Podcast, episode 30. I'm Brando. I'm here with Ryan. and Today we're going to continue the arc of opposition with episode 2 with an Azorius beatdown deck. But before we do that, hit our theme song! Hey Ryan, we're back for another adventure. How are you, how you feeling?
1: I'm good. What's going down?
0: A whole bunch. We're uh, back for episode 30. I feel like that's worth noting. Ah, it's like adulthood. Yeah, it's kind of like we're we're blossoming of age as a podcast.
1: It's like we have to almost uh, we're at the point in the life of the podcast that nobody gives a shit about us anymore, and we (laughs) just have to go and do all of our own
0: things. Is that true? I feel like people are giving more of a shit about us as we go along.
1: Uh, Oh yeah, I guess big shout out to everybody who's been listening who's new because the last couple episodes have gained. A little bit of popularity, so we're yeah. thankful for you guys. New Twitter followers, new listeners, subscribers, uh, I guess followers on our Tapped Out page.
0: Yeah. Also, people made us number four Action. on Podomatic. Five. Five? No, we are four. You we looked redo, at the list. You should redo it. We're not redoing it. We're number four because we looked at the little Oh, yeah, we did. And we're number four.
1: We did. I even backed away from the microphone to tell you to fix it. But we don't need to fix it because we're number four.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's super cool. So thanks to all of you guys for helping us do that. Yeah,
1: Yeah. So and here's the thing. The number three is a, what was it, Marvel Puzzle Quest, guys?
0: Yeah, I don't know how you do a podcast about that. Good on them for doing it, but I don't know how you do that.
1: They they look at us and they're like, what the heck, this new, this? what is this? How do you do a podcast on Magic the Gathering? Isn't that like Pokemon? And then the number two guys are D&D. So there's probably lots to talk about there. Yeah, lots going on there, yeah. And number one... The scrapbooking ladies. The scrapbookers. What the hell? How does that happen? And like...
0: And they have a stranglehold on first place. Yeah. Like, like,
1: big time, hey? Like, like, they're head and shoulders above everybody else. Like, real gaming
0: people. It's insane.
1: Get on it, gamers.
0: Yep. Take them down.
1: Yep. We got to move up the podcast. Like it. Share it. I don't know. What do you do? Comment? Subscribe? Check us out on YouTube. Brando's going to go through all the social media coordinates, right? now
0: yes i am so we are cco podcast on twitter and on tappedout.net. that's where you can see all of the deck lists we talk about including today's and any we do in the future we are commander cookout at gmail.com if you want to send us an email or some other things that you'd like to send us no nudes <clears throat> what nudes uh, Nah, no no nudes okay no, no nudes <laughs> we're also commander cookout on uh google play itunes the google machine and on youtube which is new for us
1: yeah that's a thing now on youtube it's only our new logo and audio yes so we're, we're getting that set up we're working on it and i guess this might be a good time to again we've asked in the past and we're working on it we want to start a little bit of a website because we've been getting asked about our spicy calculator yes and the spicy calculator is something that I've done the infographic for it. Brando's checked it over. He wanted a couple tweaks. And I'm going to be sending that out shortly after this podcast goes out as long as my new baby doesn't scream all day every day. (laughs) And what we would like ideally is for additional suggestions over and above the you get funny alters, sweet alters, and... The little bit of merchandising that we've talked about with people already online, a la um, schooners, drinking glasses, uh, T-shirts, custom engraved, custom printed with CCO logo, if and when we start a Patreon. Because we'd like to use some of that Patreon funding to pay for a URL to get a spicy calculator website.
0: Yeah, we thought that would be really cool. And you guys would do that. uh,
1: Honestly, it would help us allow out a lot as well because if we've got something that we can just access online when we record we don't have to pre-do our spiciness calculator so it would behoove both us as uh well brando really producing the show me me doing the notes prior to the show and you the listener because um i guess you guys want to know how spicy your own decks are
0: yeah that'd be cool everybody wants to know that and math is fun turns
1: out well, math is fun when you have, a like, an Excel calculator to do it for you because, uh eh.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. Two quick notes. Both of these brought to you by F.U. Joel. Oh, yeah. Yep. F. Joel. So it turns out that Joel is a judge of some kind. He thinks he's better than us. Yeah. thinks he's so great. I'm going to give him a suplex off you know, the roof. With his goofy, swoofed hair. Yeah. Flippin' guy. Anyway. Skinny jeans. He did explain to us that when we were talking about uh, Triumph of the Horde... Was that the card we were talking about? Clan Defiance. Clan Defiance. Last week, where it was like red-green X, deal damage to flying thing, not flying thing and person. Apparently, the way that it works now, as long as it has targets when it goes on the stack, it doesn't matter if one of them dies. So if the first Clan Defiance kills the flying thing, it doesn't counter the second one.
1: Yeah, and he said it was confusing with things like... um Lightning Helix was the example that he gave. If the creature that you're targeting to deal three damage with Lightning Helix all of a sudden is dead or has Hexproof or what have you, then you don't gain three life. But because that's because that's the only target for the spell. Correct. Versus Clan Defiance has three individual targets. All three need to be illegal or non-existent for the spell to fizzle. Yeah. So uh, I guess, thanks, Joel.
0: Yeah, and F. you also. Yeah. yeah. Correcting us. What a turd. Also on the Joel front, I told my drop of honey story oh. last week, and I felt it would behoove us to update the story because I forgot kind of the second part. The part <laughs> two of that is story is after I'd been trying to buy that card for fucking weeks, I got so mad. I was like, ah, oh, I give up. At Magic One Day And like the next day Joel went down to the store And bought it
1: How much did he pay for it? $40 How much did we say It was last week? $440 Ooh.
0: Um,
1: That's like A thousand percent more
0: Yeah That's that's American money
1: Yeah That's American money It's like 6,000 Canadian
0: Right? Joel got a good deal Oof. Yeah he did I Wish I was him Nah I'm just kidding No nobody wants to be Joel nope. Never be that guy
1: Okay, um, well, we talked enough about Joel. What are we What are we talking about today, actually?
0: Today, I believe we are bringing up a commander we've talked about before in Grand Arbiter Augustin the Fourth. Ooh! But we've put a new arc of opposition twist on him, and yep. now instead of being the controliest of control generals, he's the beat downiest of beat downy generals.
1: Yes, he's going to be a real dick stomper in this episode. Yes,
0: and the deck is actually shaped like a sledgehammer. If you look at the curve of the creatures where it's really skinny at the top like the handle, and then it balloons out and gets really heavy at the top and makes it a little bit unwieldy, but we're going to fix that.
1: Ooh, most excellent. Let's give him a read real quick just to remind everybody or any new listeners of what he actually does.
0: Okay, so for those of you who forgot or do not know, Grand, Arb- Grand Arbiter Augustin IV is a 2-3-4-4, four, four, one of which is white, one of which is blue, and he says on him, white spells you cast cost one generic mana less, Blue spells you cast cost one generic mana less to cast. Spells your opponent's cast cost one more. Ooh, so you can see,
1: obviously, how he makes for good control commander. He is the, I guess, quintessential control colors. And he is also slows down your opponent while
0: speeding your stuff up which is very good in a control deck, or in this case, uh, an aggro deck.
1: Yeah. If you go back and check out episode 13 of Commander Cookout Podcast, that's when we talked about control. It was the arc of the archetype. We used Grand Arbiter to... Um, I guess, be the commander of our quintessential control deck. Yes. And we talk about things like um, cryptic command costing 3 instead of 4. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Things like... Wrath of
0: God S- cost 3 instead of 4.
1: Also good. Sphinx's Revelation, you get two free Xs out of X. Yeah. Right? Because you declare what X is, then you tap all your mana, or then apply cost-reducing effects, then tap the mana. Yeah. So for white-blue spells... Grand Arbiter makes them cost quite a bit less. And that's one of the things I had to talk to you about. i got to grind your gears a little bit because I guess you you made a tribal deck. Yes, I did. Cat's out of the bag now, tribal deck. But you could have used all the big stompy creatures in blue-white to get the double discount out of them. Who would that be? Um, Well, it's like some sphinxes, some archons, some angels. They're all kind of mixed in there, but there's, there's not really any regular tribal kind of cohesiveness there so instead yep. you
0: did angels and leviathans
1: I'm kind of a dual tribe thing but yep. mostly angels it's mostly angels and then you picked yeah. like
0: the not shitty leviathans correct there yep. were a lot fewer of those originally i wanted to do mostly leviathans but it turns out there aren't that many good ones well and you know what deck is a deck And while it's
1: probably pretty fun and spicy, um, you would maybe be better off using like Thassa, God of the Sea, or some mono-blue type commander, right? Yes. And using white-blue gave us a little bit more flexibility to have a a couple fun includes that don't always find their way into commander decks.
0: Yes, and playing a lot of angels gave me a lot of flying, which gave me an opportunity to play some things that are a big FU to you and your stupid budget. Oh. Because we're not playing budget this week, kids. No, we are not. No.
1: I think a lot of the creatures are budget. Yes. A lot of the angels, except for a couple that we'll talk about. But yeah, the deck, not so budget. So I guess let's let's get into it a little bit here. Let's go and talk about creatures. 25, you fit 25 big stompy creatures in here.
0: That's pretty good, eh?
1: That is pretty good. Yeah. And if we look at a couple of them that I really like because I got experience playing with them that aren't, Avacyn Angel of Hope and Elishnorn. Let's talk about, for a quick second, Archangel of Thune. I don't think that she's a secret, but I got her up here. She's a 3-4 angel, flying angel, lifelink, for White White 3. And whenever you gain life, put a
0: plus 1, plus 1 counter on each creature you control. So it makes your already significant army even more significant. And army E, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so she costs 5, and I think...
1: Five with the with the angel tribe is when you get into the.
0: That's when you start beating wholesale ass. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And you've um, got a couple of lower cost ones like that one, the flying lifelinker six six for one. Ooh. Didn't play her on principle. Not an angel. Probably would fit in the deck. Uh, yeah, probably yeah. pretty good card in the deck there. Yes. um I guess
1: starting at five for your best creatures, we're going to see in the artifact section that we're going to be able to get there. Yes. But a couple other ones that I like of note, you're playing both halves of Brazella. That is Bruna and Gisela. So let's let's look at them individually and then together because she beats the most wholesale ass. Um, Whenever you cast Bruna the Fading Light, you may return target Angel, or human creature from your graveyard to the battlefield. She got Flying Vigilance, and she's a 5-7 for 7.
0: So high end, but high reward. And then our other one, we got Gisela the Broken Blade. She is a 4-3 Flying First Strike Lifelinker for 2 and 2 White. At the beginning of your end step, if you both own and control Gisela and Bruna, remove them from the game, meld them, and bring them back. And she melds into a obscene Eldrazi horror of sorts called...
1: Brazella, voice of nightmares. Totally badass. Crazy picture too. Like full back tattoo style cool. Um, So she is a Eldrazi angel, nine ten, flying, first strike, vigilance, lifelink. Your opponents can't cast spells with converted mana cost 3 or
0: less. Which is most of the spot removal that gets rid of those super sweet melded creatures. yeah yeah Yeah. very good
1: I like that for sure
0: I actually played her after a uh, one of our Tuesday night EDH sessions when I basically did I basically rocked the entire table with a Hanwar garrison Hanwar battlements whatever it melds into and I just beat the whole table with that one creature yeah, that like, guy's oh. good. Because he makes Eldrazi horrors, right? Yep, he makes he attacks and gets more dudes. Not in this deck, but you know, just the same idea, and I saw there was another one in Angels. How could I not play it?
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. I like those meld guys. They're super they're super EDH, right? Yes, they are. Couple other ones of note that are are not angels, but we're gonna lean on a few things. To help us get to these big seven, eight, nine casting cost type creatures, we've we've got Grand Architect. He lets you tap an untapped blue creature you control to add two mana to your mana pool to cast artifacts and activate the abilities of artifacts. And we've got a little ditty called Pillapala, which lets you pay two and untap him to make a mana of any color. The other thing, I guess I should have mentioned it as well. You can pay blue to target cre- artifact creature becomes blue. Right, so you yeah. make Pillapala blue. You tap him to make two mana. You use the two mana and his ability to make another mana. Mm-hmm. And you can just tap him and untap him, tap him and untap him
0: infinite times. Infinite mana to play infinite cost dudes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like kind of a waste. So when me and Brando were talking, I said... Well, what do you do? Well, you play your big dudes. Cool. Yeah. You could also add something like Sphinx's Revelation, which is in the deck. Yep. You could add Brain Geyser or Stroke of Genius or what have you. Name your X draw spell to draw your deck, and then you play all the creatures.
0: Sure. That works. That does work. That's a good combo. And you can do that in here for sure. On turn three? I like turn three. Turn three? Yeah. I have 900 angels. And then you beat down with them. None of this combo, control, win, bull crap. Yeah. Okay.
1: Moving on from creatures, they're awesome. We're going to continue covering the creatures and probably add a few more creature type effects um, in the uh, in the suggestion section. But moving along here, um, instants and sorceries. A total of five, five total. This is a beat down deck, not a control deck. But you are playing some of the best ones for what you want to be doing. Damn um, right I am. And they seem like control cards, but in a beatdown shell, they're gonna serve their purpose very well. You've got a Cyclonic Rift, of course, that goes in uh, a blue commander deck. Of course, it does. It's the most popular card in blue control decks, in a- blue. after Soul
0: Ring. Yeah, like in blue, it's basically the most popular one. I would yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. What and I mean, in a beatdown I mean. deck, it gets all their blockers out of the way. It's perfect. That
1: it's dual purpose, really. You could spend two and get a blocker out of the way. You could spend seven and overload it and get rid of every blocker ever. You get all their blockers out of the way. Yeah, or you could use it as a pseudo-wrath spell like uh, control decks do. Yeah. So, uh, again, not a control deck, but in a pinch. It acts sort of like Wrath of God, which you also have in the deck. Damn straight. And then we've got the aforementioned Sphinx's Revelation, which is blue, blue, one, X, gain X, life, draw X cards. Very good. like that guy. And the non-budget include mana drain.
0: Also a ramp spell.
1: Also a ramp spell. You're playing blue ramp.
0: Yeah, sometimes you got a counter there. You're playing the green ramp deck. It's turn four. They're dropping something that costs eight. Obviously it's going to win them the game because it costs eight. But not if you mana drain it. Not if you mana drain it. <laughs> yes.
1: And the other one on point flavor wise and tribal wise, Descent Upon the Sinful. Sounds so badass. Sorcery White, white, four, exile all creatures. Oh, yeah. If that was all it said, that would be probably more badass. But it also has Delirium. Put a four, four, white angel creature token with flying onto the battlefield if there are four or more card types among
0: cards in your graveyard. I was really hoping that you would get an angel for each creature that got exiled, but that would make the spell too good, oh, probably. Oh, yep. yeah. Yeah, that makes this way too good.
1: Y- y- in, in the... Um, in the set that that was in, that was um, Avicen Restored? Sure. They had a 4 4 angel token theme in there, right? I think so. I maybe. wish that it was like an 8 8 angel or a 6 6 angel, like something bigger, like something that's.
0: A little more punchy, like that. There's. Something cool, right? Well, like the fra- picture's so cool. And there's Phyrexian Rebirth that gives you a giant. An X yeah. yeah, it's way better, and I think it costs the same, but it doesn't give you an angel, so. Yeah,
1: Phyrexian Rebirth is. Um, White, 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 white four destroy all creatures, put a big, big whore into play, and big is equal to the number of creatures that died.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds kind of better, but less flavorful. Uh, and it I, doesn't exile things. This one exiles them, which is yeah, really good.
1: Yeah, and this one, I mean, the the angel flies, and it's on point with angel yeah. tribal. Correct. Okay. And if we look at enchantments, 19. That's where we're starting to see the, the white, blue style... Uh, Control, I guess, right? So let's talk about a couple of those real quick because, again, some of them seem like a control type thing. You've got your Ghostly Prison and your Propaganda, which uh, are enchantments for three and make people have to pay two for every creature that attacks you, right?
0: Correct. Like those cards. I think they're in there. Well, I put them in there just because you don't have a lot of early game, so your Mm. goal there is to not die.
1: Yeah, you could get them on turn
0: two with some of the ramp you're playing. Exactly. Yeah. You get both of them on turn two for some of the ramp that we're playing. Uh,
1: Yeah, (laughs) you could, you could, you could. And now I like this little ditty. And this guy, uh, unfortunately for Angel Tribal in this deck, it's actually in the stock list on edhrec.com, is Luminarch Ascension. And this card will get you beat down if you can't.
0: If you don't have Ghostly Prison and Propaganda. Or,
1: Or some removal. That yes. uh, we're going to talk about in the suggestions section. And Luminarch Ascension enchantment for white and one at the beginning of each each opponent's end step. If you didn't lose life this turn, you may put a quest counter on Luminarch Ascension. Now, white and one. Put a 4-4 white angel creature token with flying onto the battlefield. Activate this ability only if Luminarch Ascension has four or more quest counters on it.
0: The odds are, if you get that out early and they ain't got no fast creatures, it's going to be one one round.
1: Yeah. In a five-player game with nobody, with a, a, a mana dork on turn two or one, Yes, you're going to get that online. A lot of the times it gets destroyed, but if you can pump all your resources into, even if you get two angels out of it, yeah. two angels on, let's say, your turn three... Three angels. If you're playing any kind of mana ramp, three four fours on turn three with flying. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. You can start beating mana, co- yeah, right? I
0: guess it costs you eight, but who cares? You're still getting twelve. It's twelve power, power of, of guys, flying guys. Yeah, for eight mana, unreal. Yep,
1: certainly like that one. Then you've got a couple that are, I think, really staple white creature enchantments in. Um, Cathar's Crusade whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control
0: that goes really good with Chasm Skulker we can talk about that later yep you've got um, I
1: like Crescendo of War <laughs> and uh, Brandon's going to read that one because that's got a novel of text it. on it
0: Crescendo of War is a white enchantment it's uh white three at the beginning of each upkeep put a que- put a what is it what kind of counter is that a Strive counter some kind of fricking counter. Strife. Some kind of stupid counter. It gets a counter. Attacking creatures you control get plus one, plus O for each strive counter on Crescendo of War. Blocking creatures you control get plus one, plus O for each strive counter on Crescendo of War. Ooh. It's from the original Commander set. I'd forgotten all about it. Yeah. I was just kind of looking through some stuff in my boxes and I was like, ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I like that one for sure. I did the twiddly finger thing and everything.
1: I guess the enchantments there that we want to talk about now are... For beatdown purposes or early game protection. There's also a moat. What the mote. hell, man? Moat.
0: F your budget, Ryan. Moat. Moat. Nothing is... says fuck your game plan. Like turn two. Moat. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing says F you more than that. Moat. Nothing. I have a real moat,
1: too. There you uh, go. I think it's an Italian moat. Fossato.
0: I thought you had a... Fossato. Wasn't it a.? Oh, that's a, my
1: Spanish voice. What's my. What's my. Um, I thought you had
0: an abyss that was in. Abismo. Abismo. That's still Spanish. Yeah. What does an Italian person sound like?
1: Any Italian guys out there?
0: Yeah, send us a clip of your voice saying moat in Spanish. And every time we say moat on the show, we'll use your voice. But you have to be Italian or be able to really fool us. None of this Mario crap. Pizza me! The motio! Like, that'd be ridiculous. <laughs> Just don't do that. Artifacts
1: 13. And this is where you say, oh, that's how they do it. Okay. We have got quite a few ramp spells, it it would seem. And we've got like Azorius Signet. That's a mana rock that's going to give you Azorius colors, white, blue. We've got a little ditty called, what is it, Basalt Monolith? Basalt Monolith. The the three drop that taps to give you three. And it pays, you could pay three to untap it. Yep. And we've got a little ditty called Power Artifact, just jumping back to the enchantment section, which gives... Enchanted Artifact.
0: uh, It makes their activation cost cost two less, to a minimum of one.
1: Uh, Yeah, sorry, I couldn't think of how to say that. Good. That's why you got me. (laughs) So that's another infinite mana generator. Again, right now, just to help you play for those big bigs.
0: Yeah, unless you're going into the Sphinx's Revelation Dream God Hand, which obviously will win you the game because you draw your whole deck and then play everything in your hand and win the game absolutely so, but as it stands right now those are all in there simply so that you can play your big dues i make infinite mana play one guy yeah it sounds like a waste but sometimes you just need to pay 11 for a creature
1: you know what the other thing too is with those couple infinite combos in there that are only there for mana it, it does kind of g- play into our mantra of have multiple pl- multiple ways to win so you build the deck you play it you uh, who knows maybe they steal your moat uh, that wouldn't matter because you got flyers. Maybe yeah. they do something that um, makes it so you can't win, right? Through attacking with your angels and leviathans and krakens and what have you. You, um, what if you had the um, blue
0: sun zenith or anything really? Yeah,
1: make them draw their deck. Uh, White sun zenith at the end of their turn because it's an instant gives you infinite cats. That's one I suggested. Infinite
0: bros. Cats yeah. are not angels.
1: Cats are not angels. Um, so they're not uh, thematically they're not there, but um. Also, more budget. Just throwing that out there.
0: If your budget, Ryan.
1: Yep. We've got a extra planar lens, which is imprint a land, and that land um, taps for double.
0: We're only playing snow-covered basics also, so we can really abuse that and nobody else gets a benefit from it.
1: Oh, yeah. And you know what? I'm not a huge fan of extra planar lens in non-monocolor decks, Mm. but I think if you put extra planar lens on planes, you're probably going to get there with this deck, because it is quite a bit skewed towards white. Yes. Yeah. We've got Mana Crypt and Mana Vault.
0: <laughs> That's right. You so know why I put those in there? Because they're good? And if your budget. They both tap
1: for, well, one taps for two and one taps for three. Correct. And you know what? If you do turn one Mana Crypt, turn one Soul Ring, or turn one Mana Vault and go turn two moat, or turn two even better, I think, Grand Arbiter. I said that in episode 13 way back when.
0: Yeah, turn two Grand Arbiter is a house.
1: Is probably the most powerful thing you can do in the deck.
0: Yes. On turn two. Yes.
1: On turn two. Just because it shuts off so many things, and it, well, it doesn't shut them off, but it makes them so much slower.
0: Yeah. it's Your turn two is significantly better than your opponent's turn two, which is now looking more like their turn three or four.
1: Yeah. Like yeah. good luck playing your cultivate or your Kadama's Reach on turn two or three or however the turn cycle works, all right? That's slowed down. Like your it's it makes your Kadama's reach shittier explosive vegetation. Ha. And it makes your explosive your explosive vegetations shittier. I
0: don't know what. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, it sucks. Yep. All because of us and our super spicy deck.
1: Couple other ones of note, you got a Urza's incubator in here again, F the budget. I get a no no. Choose a creature type. Pay three, it's three, choose a creature type. Creatures of the chosen type cost two less to cast.
0: So suddenly your angels cost three instead of five. Ooh. Or your
1: leviathans cost 40 instead of 42. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I also play a Spear of Heliod. I don't know if you're going to talk about that one, but it is kind of a removal spell. If things hit you, you can revenge kill them. Oh, yeah, I like that. And it gives your dudes bigger also. It's an anthem that you can use to get revenge on things that hit you.
1: Okay, so I guess a total of um, six ramp spells, and then we're also playing two Monuments and an Urza's Incubator. So that could really be nine ramp spells. Yeah. Now, the kicker is, or the key is, though, there the Incubator is only a ramp spell for one type of creature, and then the um, Kefnet and Oketra's monuments are for blue creatures and white creatures, respectively. Yes. Um, Although so, when
0: you play any color creature, you do get the benefit of the monument. Oh, yeah, for sure. And those monuments are sweet. I like them. Now one taps things, one gives you cats, I think. Cats uh, aren't angels, but whatever.
1: They are cats like... Um, oh, no, they give you warriors.
0: Oh, that's even less That's even less or,
1: or soldiers. What do they give you?
0: Yeah, warriors... It's not really angels yeah. either. Whatever. Doesn't it's matter. also
1: it's also specifically not cats. If you want to go uh, white sun zenith cat tribal.
0: Yeah, f that. Yeah, f that. What are we wizards of the coast? Gonna make a tribal cat deck. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, so moving into the how to play and lines of play type thing, we uh, we touched on it before there, probably. Turn two Grand Arbiter is the best thing for the deck because yes. all of a sudden your creatures cost one less. Or yeah.
0: one oh or no, two. Ju- no,
1: just one less because you don't yeah. have any gold creatures in there, dude. No, I
0: don't think I have any split colored creatures, honestly. I just, there aren't that many. There's, uh, the other Bruna is pretty good if there's a lot of enchantments. Yeah, I in had play. the other
1: Bruna pulled up on my phone here, and, you know, we're not going to get into them, but I searched up on magic white, blue, Creature with converted mana cost, five or greater. There's 32 total creatures to choose from. Ooh. Bruna's an angel. And then after that, they're kind of all over the place, like just going down the list. <laughs> you got Archon, Cat Soldier. Dragon. Human Advisor, Human Scout, Dragon, Elder Dragon, Spirit, Fairy Wizard. They're just Golem. They're all over the place, right? So,
0: yeah. um, Not really on theme no. or... You don't have those guys, really.
1: Probably okay to add them in with Grand Arbiter, but Angel being white's, air quotes, big tribe, the Angel cards are going to be more powerful on board, so much so that the one extra discount that you're not getting from Grand Arbiter any longer because they're mono-white is going to outweigh it, I think. Yeah, the Angels are very strong. Especially if you've got Oketra's Monument, there's your second one off, or your versus Incubator on Angel.
0: Which is even better than any of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, sure, you'd like to have all of those things here. Angels cost white, but, you know, that's magical Christmas land, and we can live there if we want to, but the odds are you're probably not going to get there anyway.
1: Exactly, right? And I think nine mana rock spells is, or mana ramp spells, rocks, whatever you want to call them, is, is a good amount. Um, distinct lack of card draw on the deck, and I think for a nine-ramp spell deck that wants to just dump creatures onto the board and control the board a little bit to be able to get through, you might want to replace some of those cards, but at what cost, right? When you want to maintain your 25 creature count, because ultimately you're a creature deck, Correct. Um, what are you going to drop? You're going to drop like your, your, um, your infinite mana... Generators, you're gonna. I guess. Oh, infinite mana generators. Let's add that to the mana rock count. You've got eleven all of a sudden.
0: Yeah. Right? Also, two of the of the artifacts, which are not. Uh, we didn't really talk about them. They're from Ixalan. Here we have a dousing dagger, which flips over into a land. That's a gilded lotus. Oh. And we yeah. also have a thematic compass, which is an artifact for two, and then for three and tap, you find a basic land, put it into play tapped. And then when you have seven or more lands, it flips over and it becomes a a land as well that is also a Maze of Ith. Sort of. It's a shittier Maze of Ith.
1: Yeah, okay. So realistically, you could have 13 mana rocks. Correct. Let's say in a 13 mana rock deck, you're going to be able to dump everything out of your hand with reasonable success and frequency. Yes. And you're going to need some way to replace said cards. And the few includes that you've you've put into the deck to, I guess, uh, help you in the early game, maybe those get cut. Because I don't think you want to drop things like Cathar's Crusade, Crescendo of War, or anything else that buffs your dude like a Glorious Anthem effect. Right. You wouldn't want to cut any, like uh, you've got a Sigil of the Empty Throne in here that gives you an angel every time you play an enchantment.
0: Which is why all of my removal is enchantment removal. Yeah,
1: and I don't think you want to cut any of those. So maybe cut something like the ghostly prison or the propaganda and just add straight up extra or like our conversation last week what ramp do you play do you play the 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 four drop draw three cards in blue do you play the five drop draw four like yeah all of those cards and blue gives you the benefit of instant speed card draw in a lot of these scenarios i was
0: mulling over ristic study putting it in here just because it is kind of a incremental advantage is that in here
1: it is in here.
0: There we go. Yeah, there we go. I wasn't sure if I actually ended up putting it in or not. It's like Ristic Study and Constipated Sphinx.
1: Oh, yeah. Are
0: kind of my card draw engines. I didn't put too many other ones in there because it's a stompy deck.
1: Yeah, so. and I guess you just have to make sure that you have ways to 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 stomp, right? Yes, which is the key. When you start getting that board state and you've got you know five or six creatures that are five fives or bigger that fly and mostly have vigilance...
0: And lifelink and all sorts of other angel yeah. things.
1: Or you have, you know, three or four ways in the deck to give them vigilance. Th- you're going to be the threat. You're going to be in first place. And you know what we say, when you're first, you're last. Yeah. You're going to be the guy that gets targeted. So I like consecrated sphinx. I like Ristic Study. The only thing about Ristic Study is is you are that guy, right? Oh, are you going to pay one?
0: Yeah, I hate doing that. I know. Like, I'm, but you I'm, also
1: don't want to be that guy that just draws one when somebody forgets. Don't be that guy. Yeah, like, right? where
0: you don't even look at them. You're just, like, you're listening real careful. And you they, you see them put not a land on the table, and you just, like, wait a second. Whoop. Take that card. And then they get it back around to your turn. How do you have 14 cards in your hand? Rhystic study, bro. Yeah. Nobody paid extra.
1: Yeah, don't be that guy, yeah, right? Yeah, don't do that. Is it better to say, are you going to pay one? Are you going to pay one? Maybe you just, like, you print off an 85 by 11 copy of Ristic Study, like a giant <laughs> proxy, and just put it in the middle of the table. <laughs>
0: with a big, with a question mark on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe that would be a thing. Maybe that could be a thing, actually. We uh, should do that. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. Yep. I like that a lot.
1: So, getting back on how to play. Turn 2, Grand Arbiter. Excellent. Turn... Let's call it turn 1 through 4. 1, one through 3. I guess that's, those are the ramp turns. That's the right. early game, right? Yeah. Any rock is going to get you a turn 4 or 5 Angel.
0: Giant dude, which is, at the end of the day, what you want. You want to get out your big bigs early. You want to get them out often, one or two at a time. And you just want to, I mean, smash face with it. Stompy decks aren't really difficult to play, uh, you know, on the surface. But what do you want out of them? You want to play a giant dude. You want to kick the crap out of whoever's across the table from you. That's the point, and that's what this does. Yeah, you got like
1: nine creatures. uh, Nine of your beatdown creatures, not including the kind of few auxiliary creatures you got nine of them at the four or five drop slot that are going to come down and beat ass yeah and you know what i appreciated you playing um you've got in here both the storm surge kraken which is from the commander set that did lieutenant what was that 2014 anyways lieutenant is as long as you control your commander Storm Surge Kraken gets plus two plus two and has whenever Storm Surge Kraken becomes
0: blocked, you may draw two cards.
1: Hey, I don't mind that. So more cards. And
0: he's a seven, seven for five. Or if you have your commander, he's a seven, seven for four. Seven, seven for four that draws you two cards if somebody doesn't want to take seven. Yeah. And the
1: other Lieutenant one, and this one's probably just as good, is. Angelic Field Marshal is a three-three flying angel for white-white two, lieutenant. As long as you control your commander, Angelic Field Marshal gets plus two plus two, and creatures you control have vigilante.
0: Oh, and so now it's a seven-seven that attacks for. Well, uh, no, seven it's a five-five. Five. Well, not nah, because the other one's a seven-seven, and he's attacking. And if they block it, you get two cards, and he's got vigilance, so we can block two.
1: Ah, uh, yeah. Creatures yeah. you control have vigilance, not white creatures and yeah. not
0: angels. Yeah. Creatures, so good. There's a couple of vigilance enablers in the deck. Vigilance is a super powerful. When you're attacking with creatures, the worst part about that is sometimes you can't then defend yourself with creatures. But if yeah. you can attack and block with them, that's always better than well, not being able here's to. Here's the that.
1: thing: thirteen ramps and the thirteen ramp spells are. Ways to make extra mana in the deck. Power out everything as early as possible. Are you going to need to block a whole bunch if your opponent's dead by turn five or six? Maybe you're playing in a big game. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I guess playing? we're going to talk about the, uh, the critical turn and the optimal game size in the spicy calculator because I think the deck with all of those ramp spells is deceptively fast. I think yeah. so.
0: Yeah, I, I drew a few like, you know, you have the deck simulators online and stuff. I drew a yeah. couple of sample hands with this one and it was surprising how quickly you did get to 40 damage. Yeah, 40 damage and just these huge dudes. Like It's just dude after, dude after dude after dude after dude after dude, and it's crazy. It can get really nuts.
1: You know what? Looking at the deck even more, and I hate to keep going back to it, the the, the ramp, I think it's important to drive it home that the big creatures are very supported in the deck. What what did we say we're up to? 13? 13 ramps.
0: 13, ramp 13
1: extra ramp spells. How about Plagmir? CCO staple right there. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. Plaguemere taps for a colorless. He's a 1-1 one, one for 2 with infect. Knight of the White Orchid is in there. 2-2 two, two, first strike human knight. When it enters the battlefield, if an opponent controls more lands than you, you may search your library for a plane for a planes card, put onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. Very you good. could search for Tundra yes, or Hollowed Fountain. Yep. And that's your blue or your white. I like that. Or the bicycle
0: lands from Amonkhet. Yeah, you can find those too. I like all of those. Yeah. I believe I do play that one. I forget what it's called, but it is Irrigated Irrigated farmland. Farmland.
1: That's right. Yeah. You play that, and let's say you've got you know five or six ramp spells. You've got a weathered wafer in here. Let's let's you pay one and search for a land. Yep. Ball's and budget. Ball's budget. And uh, let's say you've got lots of land, lots of ramp. You I hit also play a land tax.
0: Like, I don't know oh you man, them. you play land tax too. Yeah. There's so much ramp. It. The deck is deceptively yeah. fast. The cat's out of the bag on this one. This is a green deck. <laughs> <laughs> it's an arc of double opposition yeah like let's just say it, what it this is a green deck but it's blue and white but it's green apparently yeah. if you mix those two things together and stir it long enough you get green Huh. yeah I never knew that yeah there's your what is that would that be an art lesson I guess so there it is well you heard some of my
1: suggestions and now I'm I'm kind of retracting some of them because you might not need with infinite mana to do white sun zenith or blue zenith, because you can just beat ass until everybody's dead. Yeah. I still stand by my um, uh, my card draw suggestion.
0: No, that's that's important.
1: And you know what, listeners, this is what you do. This is what you do. You go onto magiccards.info or gatherer or what have you, advanced search, select blue, and type in draw four cards, draw three cards, draw two cards, and just pick the appropriate spell, like ramp. Pick the appropriate ramp in, um, in your mana curve. Yeah. Pick the appropriate draw spell in your mana curve. You're going to you're gonna find something that is in the 2 or 3 or 4 or 10 drop slot to draw you cards. Yes. And like Sphinx's Revelation, if it's two colors, maybe you select blue and white. Yeah. If it's Sphinx's Revelation, you're going to get a double discount on it. So yeah, that's n- great. You're
0: not going to find the most card advantage stuff in white because it's not super good at it. But it's, it does it in other ways, right? Yeah. White is more about incremental advantage more than actual cards-in-hand advantage. Yeah. Which is why having blue as a supporting color is so handy.
1: Yep, for sure. Um, now, you had mentioned a little... De- well, I brought it up, but you had mentioned uh, with Sigil of the Empty Throne, just because we only have five instants in sorceries, you're not actually playing like uh, Path to Exile, Swords to Plowshares. Instead, nope. you're playing Oblivion Ring, Detention Sphere... Yep. And what's the other one? Um, Banishing Light. Those are all three-drop enchantments that exile something until they leave the battlefield. Then the thing comes back.
0: Yeah, and we've talked about these before, how much I super hate them because they don't kill commanders, but with Sigil of the Empty Throne, which we'll talk about in a second. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, in the, hmm, I want to say the Ural the Stalker episode, maybe episode f- 15? Fourteen or fifteen was the there, yeah. it was the Voltron episode, and I asked Brando, how come you don't play the enchantments that get rid of stuff?
0: And it's because it doesn't get rid of commanders as efficiently, really. And it doesn't get rid of the other stuff either if there's an enchantment removal.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it like, doesn't actually exile it or yeah, get rid of it, right?
0: Pathing and O-ringing a general is the exact same thing, except O-ring is slower and costs two more.
1: Ah, uh, that's the same thing. Slower because it costs two more, yeah. And when the O ring gets destroyed, they get their thing back. Yeah, they thing could come back. What I like, if you're into the enchantment removal bit um, for your uh, to support your sigil of the Empty Throne, is a little forgotten ditty from original commander again, just like uh-huh. Crescendo of War is Soul Snare. Do tell, uh, CCO saluted to you if you remember Soul Snare. It's an enchantment for white, and its ability is. White sacrifice soul snare exile target creature that's attacking you or a planeswalker you control. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like that. And you do actually play a planeswalker. We didn't mention him here. Um, a little ditty named Jace the Mind Sculptor.
0: Jace the Mind Sculptor, Ryan. Jace the Mind Sculptor. Because sometimes you have to pay four hundred dollars to brainstorm. Sometimes mm. you just have to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I
1: like brainstorming for four hundred bucks. Give him a read. He's got four abilities, and you know what? If if you're used to listening to the budget shows or uh, or you don't have the budget, I mean, he's gone down of late,
0: but uh, give him a read. He's only 9000 Canadian dollars. Jace the Mind Sculptor is a Planeswalker 4, 2, and 2 blue. Planeswalker Jace, go figure. His loyalty abilities are as follows. Plus two, look at the top card of target player's library. You may put that card on the bottom of that player's library. So you can scry your opponents and F with them. Fate Seal. Zero, draw three cards and put two cards from your hand on top of your library in any order. Brainstorm. Minus one, return target creature to its owner's hand. Unsummon. Minus 12, exile all cards from target player's library. Then that player shuffles his or her hand into his or her library.
1: Mind Sculpt.
0: Yes, so good. He's a good card. He is an excellent card. He doesn't see a lot of play in our decks, I think because he costs so much. And he's, I'm going to go on record as saying, I think he's like the prototypical, just really good Planeswalker.
1: Yeah. Uh, Greatest of all time, maybe. Really.
0: He probably is. I would say he's one of the best one ever.
1: You know what? He is like, hmm. He, He belongs in a category of card that people know what it is. And know that it's very powerful. And if you just just random off the top, drew him and played him, it's, oh, kill that guy. Or snap, kill Jace. Or what have you, Jace. Oh, my God.
0: Right? Yes. He doesn't last very long in games of Commanders. We have a couple people who play him. And yeah. they never last very long. Unless they do like the, they play him behind their glass. And they kind of go, my <laughs> sculptor. And then everybody's like, what? And then all of a sudden, it's like, exile your library. Yeah. What? Yeah, I've had a Jace since uh, turn uh, two. Which you could do in this deck. Totally could. Is
1: Jace turn two more powerful than Grand Arbiter?
0: Ooh. Ooh, That's close.
1: Yeah, Jace is good.
0: Jace is very good. I don't know if it's better than Grand Arbiter in this deck, though. Because you're still ramping. You can't really protect Jace. I wonder if it matters how many players you're
1: playing against. If you're in a five or six player game, turn two arbiters probably better because Jace isn't gonna set you up and deter or uh, slow down your all of your opponents that much. You're gonna get more slow down power out of uh out of Grand Arbiter than yeah. you are by fate sealing or unsummoning a random mana dork or that one mountain that the opponent across the table from you needs, right? That you're gonna yeah. put on the bottom of his deck or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I Against I think one or, or two Arbiter people, I better. think
0: Jace is, Like, Jace might be better in a one or two player situation. Well, you situation, play 1v1
1: but. and you go turn one uh, mana, Crypt or Vault. Turn two, uh, Jace. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's very <laughs> good. That's why he sees playing Legacy and Vintage and Band and Modern.
0: Yes, that, all of those things. Okay. Stupid card.
1: Well, that's a little bit about the deck. Let's go into Strengths and Weaknesses. I like starting with Strengths, um, Deceptively Fast,
0: Yes, I like that lots too. Of how speedily you can play. Like, we were talking about Bruna and Gisela and the melding. It's like you look at that on its surface. That costs 12. 12
1: mana total investment.
0: Yeah. And you you know when you can have. It's 13, actually. And that can happen on turn, like, four or five. Not super rarely.
1: I wonder if you nat draw both of them with, like, Soul Ring. You go turn two, Gisela, because she costs four. Right. And then turn. Five other one, well,
0: maybe if you have an, if the rest of your hand has some ramp in it, you turn four it.
1: other one. If you have one other ramp spell, then flip them, turn five. You got a nine ten.
0: Woo! Yeah, that turns off all of their stuff that costs. In the three meantime, or less. you've
1: played Grand Arbiter and or Propaganda and or <laughs> you know something that draws you cards. Yep, or ramps you more. Yep. Sweet. Yeah, deceptively fast. At the same time, I want to jump to a weakness. Is it is Angel Tribal, and I think people like. Dragons or maybe like demons. Not demon tribal, but I don't know. Some of the angels. Oh, like Baneslayer. Baneslayer kinda has the same Jace effect where oh Baneslayer, gotta kill it, because it's just so good.
0: Because I think they were both in the same deck back when they were legal in sets, were they not? It was there was a deck that had both turn four Jace, turn five Baneslayer.
1: Let's read let's give Baneslayer a little bit of a read here. She's a pretty
0: famous card. Uh she's a 5-5 five, five for 5, flying first strike, lifelink, protection from demons, protection from dragons. That's your. That's like the epitome of what an angel has become, I would say, in magic.
1: Yeah, I mean... Y-
0: that's how strong it is. Pro demons f-
1: and dragons, yeah. and those two of the tribes that kind of have that aura about them.
0: Yeah, Those are the two flying things that can block her and kill her. Yeah, And they can Now they can't. No, and Just sphinxes. If
1: you got something else, she got first strike, yeah. and whether you block her or don't block her, she's got first strike and flying if you can block her she's got first strike and whether you block her or don't block her it's going to be it's going to be five life you're gaining yeah it's a ten point life swing if you don't block her oh she's just so great
0: she is a beating all by herself
1: going back to the strengths if you're playing against a deck like last week's deck plummet.deck let's call it yeah yeah right bends over to plummet destroy target flying creature bends over to silk lash spider deals x to flying creatures right you also have The ground and pound game, you've got things like aforementioned Chasm
0: Skulker that Brando said went so good with. Catherine's Crusade. Yeah. Yeah. Chasm Skulker, what is he? Is it a 2-2 for three? He's a 1-1 for three. He gets a plus one, plus one counter for every card you draw. And then when he dies, you take all the counters off and turn them into little squids i think is what they are um, what it turns into e... squid yeah, yeah. Blue you, get squid. Little, you get little squid counters and let's say you've drawn 10 cards and you got a cathars crusade and you kill your chasm Skul- Skulker. 10 guys go in that's 10 triggers on cathars crusade that's 10 11 11 squids so i got this that's royce gracie with your arm in an arm bar and he's kicking you in the face yep and he's teabagging your mother at the same time yep yes
1: I think your card draw spell, strictly because of Chasm Skulker, goes in the four drop and above slot. That'll give you time to play your early mana rocks, your Chasm Skulker, your card draw spells, and then Chasm Skulker can die, and you get a whole bunch of other things that make... All of your angels like instantly lethal. Yes. Post Cathar's Crusade. Correct. So you got the ground and pound game with those big leviathans that we didn't talk a whole bunch about because they're sort of auxiliary to the angels. Yes. If you don't have any of the vigilance enablers and didn't draw any of the vigilance angels, you've got things like, you know, Scourge of the Fleets. It's a 6-6 for 7, which is really a 6-6 for 6 with Grand Arbiter. Or um, uh, Kefnet's Monument. You've got... Lorthos the tide maker eight eight four eight or minus two you've got stormtide Leviathan eight eight Island walk four eight minus one or two J- like the list goes on there's a couple more we're not going to go into it you're yeah. getting with any discount in the deck or any two or three Mana producing Mana rock right. you're gonna get s- you're gonna get such a good value out of these Kind of just big, dumb idiots. Yes. Which I like. I like a big, dumb idiot. That's kind of how EDH started.
0: Yeah. I like that. Just swinging for the fences with giant dudes, and that's awesome.
1: Yeah. Now, moving the last weakness, I want to talk about the budget of the deck. Ooh. The deck on tapped out right now, and Brando didn't do the Brando thing and include all the foils in there.
0: And I was going to.
1: $1,926. Oh, baby. Now-
0: pocket Ma- change.
1: Maybe you could substitute the moat for Tefri's moat, which is a much cheaper moat. Maybe you a could- shittier moat. Yeah, shitty moat. Kind of like Shitty Ant or Sliver Queen from last week. Correct. And maybe you could cut some of the fetch lands. The fetch lands will run you anywhere between, you know, whatever, 12, 13, all the way up to 20-some dollars for the blue ones. 50-some ah, dollars, whatever they are.
0: But you see, I play all those fetch lands because of my card, card of, the of the week. week. And the card of the week is a little ditty called Call for Unity. It's from Kaladesh or Ether Revolt. I don't know the set symbol is very good. Enchantment for White White 3. It has Revolt. When At the beginning of your end step, if a permanent you control left the battlefield this turn, you put a unity counter on it. And then creatures you control get plus one, plus one for each unity counter on it. So the fetchlands are there so you don't have to sack your dudes or worry about any of that kind of stuff. You just sack a fetchland, get a counter, anthem your guys a little bit more.
1: Yeah, and uh, and you're playing, of course, all of the white ones and all of the blue ones. Correct. So you have added some amount of hundreds of dollars to your deck. Yes, 175 bucks worth of fetch lands. Is yeah. it worth it for Big Anthem dot card?
0: Totally is. Could you play Glory's Anthem? No, absolutely not. I could not because <laughs> this is way better. And this card, Call for Unity, costs 30 cents.
1: 30 cents is good. 30 cents is good. I like me some 30 cents. Everything else in the potential cut section, I mean, you could take it or leave it, right? You're playing extra planar lens, so you do want to keep your planes and island total up. Yes. Um, And then... There's a couple includes that I think spice to taste. spiced based on either what decks you play this against, what size of game you play it in, and your meta, right? Like, there's a Glacial Chasm in here, which essentially prevents all damage done to you. And uh, I'll give it a read here. It's Glacial Chasm, it's a land. Cumulative upkeep, pay two life. Doesn't seem good, but when it comes into play, sacrifice a land. Wait a minute, this seems terrible. Creatures you control can't attack. What kind of card is this in a beatdown deck? (laughs) Uh, Oh, wait, there's one more ability. Prevent all damage that would be dealt to you. Kind
0: Hmm. of makes Luminarch Ascension pretty good, hey? Oh, very good. Turn three, that's your land drop. You go Luminarch Ascension that. Wait until the turn goes around. Get your four counters. Oh, instead of Luminarch on turn two, you go... Luminarch turn three with the Glacial Chasm. It gets back to you. Fuck Glacial Chasm. Play a land, and away you go.
1: Ah, uh, that's not terrible. Yeah. I guess depends on if let's say you're using this deck in a really big game where your opponents could attack whoever doesn't need to be you. Maybe you don't want the glacial chasm, but at the same time it's like 4 bucks. Yeah, it's um, not a huge So it's not a, it's not a huge your... impact on the $1900 budget. Correct. Um, but it doesn't give you mana. That's the thing, right? That is true. It's too bad we didn't see um uh, a flip card from Ixalan that flips into a Glacial Chasm that There's does give you mana.
0: There's another set coming out. There is. There might be one. There is. Get on it, wizards. Yep. Get on that shit.
1: And then lots of other stuff in here looks like your uh, your typical CCO staple. You've got uh, Rogue's Passage. Definitely yep. like that when you got big bigs floating yep. around yep. everywhere.
0: Sneak your big guy
1: in there. Uh, we've <laughs> got a, um, is the other CCO stable? Oh, a Chroma's Memorial. Super awesome if you get in that magical Christmas land area and you draw your whole deck and yeah. then, Because
0: uh, that's your haste enabler. <laughs> yeah. And nothing says, I just drew my whole deck and I'm playing my whole hand and all my guys have haste. Like, all my guys not only have haste, but they also have trample vigilance. What is it? Trample vigilance, haste, pro red, pro black... Flying, first length, strike, first flying, rank, whatever th- the hell they have. Yeah, they have They everything. all become
1: a chromas, which is an angel. Right on theme. Boom. I like
0: that. So good. good. Okay, let's get into uh, my two favorite parts. Let's do that. Well, what are those? Those are your milk list and the spicy calculator. Where would you like to start, Ryan? Let's do milk list. The milk list. Ooh. Yeah, they told us to stop trying to sound sexy and have the little reverb under there and have the the pimp music plan. They. People told us to stop doing that, so we did.
1: Actually, it was my wife. She
0: gets all the sexy she can handle
1: every other day. So the cast, she um, she uses it to dial down the sexy in her life.
0: Oh, well, okay, I, 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 all, right, all right, that's fine. Yeah, that's so fine. that's a, that's a thing. Fu Rebecca.
1: <laughs> oh, is that the first Fu Rebecca?
0: I think it is. Yeah, I think it might be. Wow. It took us 30 episodes. This milk is list. a special occasion. Let's do the milk, milk list.
1: <laughs> before I get into any more trouble. Okay. Most popular cards in the Azorius color family as per edhrec.com from converted mana cost of zero to, in this case, 15. Ready? At zero. Pact of negation. Nope. Sol Ring at one. Yes. Cyclonic Rift at two. Yep. Detention Sphere at three. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Supreme Verdict at four. Nope. Ooh, I like that one. Instead of Wrath of God? Nah. Takes away from the spiciness. Well, I guess Wrath of God, is, both are in the stock list. Yeah. And one is on theme. I guess so. Angel's God. There you go. Uh, what have you. Okay. At five, Vincer the Sojourner. Nope. Sun Titan at six. Nope. Angel of Serenity at seven. Nope. <laughs> yeah. That's nope. an angel. I know. It's nope. not on the deck, though. Okay. Eight, Dig Through Time. Nope. Nine, Another angel. I own a shield of a I do not play her. Jeez, what kind of angel deck is this? 10. Omniscience. Nope. Temporal Trespass at 11. Nope. Blightsteel Colossus at 12. Nope. Emrakul. Nope. Blink Moth Infusion. Ugh, <laughs> no. Uh, and the other Emrakul, the Eons Torn, at 15. Nope. Hmm. Three milk lists. It's pretty good. All in the in the first like three or four cards. I thought that it was gonna go downhill from there, and we were gonna have like a milk list of like eighteen.
0: A milk list of Palooza. Yeah. Nah. No way. No way, okay. I'm not going to well, let you down like that.
1: That's, uh looks pretty spicy. You're not using very much of what uh, the common EDH wrecker or tapped outer or what have you is using.
0: It turns out most Azorius people want to play a control deck and not a green deck.
1: Ah, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm control. I'm smarter than you. I'm better at magic because I can play blue. Mm.
0: F you guys Yeah I hate everybody Spicy calculator Love the spicy calculator That infographic is so good I hope by the time Everybody's hearing this They've also seen the infographic
1: (laughs) Yeah and just a reminder Let us know what you want From the show As rewards if we If and when we launch A little bit of a Patreon Campaign to uh, to help support Website and actual spicy calculator That you can just Punch your own numbers into Yeah that'd be neat yeah, I like yeah. that. What else do you want besides that? Okay, no nudes.
0: Oh, we could do nudes of us. No nudes, Ryan. Like none at all. No nudes. No, no nudes of anybody. No nudes. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that
1: later. <laughs> okay, popularity at the time of the uh, list making and the uh, show note typing, 945 Grand Arbiter lists.
0: It's quite a few. That's lots. He's the second or third most popular EDH rec commander he is the second most popular commander in azorius second very far behind brago king eternal oh yeah almost double
1: the list for brago hey yeah hmm. have we ever talked about brago no f that guy oh. f you evan plays him and i don't like that deck yeah it's the quintessential control deck
0: yeah, suck it evan
1: yeah A cco salute to you average converted mana cost for the deck Uh, Despite having all the big bigs in it, we've got a converted mana cost of 3.67. So a little bit higher than the average number that we're looking for, that 3.5, but also a little bit higher in the ramp and dork and um, uh, mana rock category with whatever we said, 13 plus all those other things that we talked about. What is that, 17 ramp and or... um, yeah, ramp and rock.
0: Yeah, there's lots of ways to get mana. That's Cheap, lots,
1: man. Lots that's like lots. That's lots. Yeah. Okay, critical turn. Deceptively fast. We talked about this. I think if you can land a turn one or two mana rock, and again, there's lots, you can start rolling people over, like critical turn of four. That's when Easy. you're going to land your first big, big.
0: Yes. And then every turn after that is an additional big, big. Yeah. Or a big or bigger.
1: Yeah. And spice your card draw into taste and... You're never going to run out of big bigs unless you get vandal Vandalblast or what have you. Yes. But there is also things that just flat out find you land cards. Correct. Yeah. So critical turn of four. Didn't max it out there. Optimal game size. I think you're going to want to play this deck in a five or six player game. You're probably right. Because while it is fast, it's not that fast. And... I mean, your first big thing, your first threat, your second threat, or if you're playing a control deck in a smaller, like a three or four player game, the first time you get Wrath of Godded or Vandal Blasted is going to be very devastating. Yes. And while that stuff does happen more often in um, in a big game, it's not going to happen as early in the game. Correct. I think that might be a, a thing that we can talk about is sometime is when is the opportune moment to Wrath or Board Wipe Based on how big the game is.
0: Yeah, do you want a wrath at the right time or do you don't want or do you want to wrath whenever Jesse would wrath, F you Jesse, which is as soon as he draws the wrath.
1: Yeah. Windmill slam, Wrath of God, yeah. turn two off of a soul ring. Ridiculous. <laughs> oh, there's two creatures in play. Two and he wrath of God it. Sometimes you got a Wrath of God when you don't have your path. Pfft. <laughs> Anyways, the optimal game size, I think, is 5. you got to max that category out. And uniqueness rating. Now, this is the number of cards in our list that are different than the stock list on EDHrec.com. 42 cards different.
0: That's pretty good.
1: That's really good. Number of tutors in the list. Just one, I think. Yeah, just Trinket
0: Major. And you're allowed one without losing spiciness because for the calculator to work, you have to have one.
1: Correct. And I wonder if you wanted to... And I wonder if you use Trinket Mage, if you count it as a mana dork, because the only thing you can find with Trinket Mage in the deck is your zero or your one-drop mana rocks, yeah, which you have lots of. So I think that's another mana dork spell. Trinket Mage is akin to Wood Elf, which is (laughs) a green card. (laughs) (laughs) So it, it finds you literally anything. I wonder if, depending on, you know, spicing the deck to taste or whatever, or making it more aggro... If you wanted to include something like a couple swords based on what what your meta wants you to have protection from, you could switch out the Trinket Mage for a Treasure Mage. Yeah, you could do that. Treasure Mage searches for, sorry, Trophy Mage searches for a three-drop artifact. Ooh. Yeah, and Trophy Mage would also search for um, the Monuments, which do kind of act as ramp spells. Yes, they do matter. Yeah, maybe that's better. Maybe Trophy Mage is better, and you find... uh, Kefnet's monument in a mono blue like Kraken deck. Maybe that goes in deck. Not really on theme
0: but, but at least A lot of the times your ramp spells aren't going to be on theme. Yeah, Night of the that's White Orchid isn't an angel either. Yeah that's But it's right. a ramp spell and you need that shit. I, I like Trophy Mage
1: to find uh, Kefnet's monument in a mono blue big 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 deck. Get on it internet. Yep. Make it happen. So we uh, punch everything into the spicy calculator. Beep, boop, 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 boop. Spiciness of 60. Legit. That's a that's pretty spicy. I think so too. Yep. Spicy's the god dang jalapenos I grew this year. Yeah. And usually jalapenos aren't that spicy, but I had two of my three plants that are just ungodly hot. Huh. And um while they're not as hot as like Halakia peppers or habaneros or whatever, mm. these are garden jalapeno spicy AF. Did you eat the habanero? Heck. <laughs> I'd be like a good heck
0: I like that one Did you eat the habanero pepper that I gave you? Not habanero The It was habanero The red one
1: No, no, no It was a California pepper, wasn't it? No,
0: mm-hmm. Californias are green It was a cayenne pepper
1: Yes Yes, it, I did Was it good? Yeah good. I chopped I ate some of it And I chopped the rest of it up And put it into Something that I made Either nachos or a salad Excellent And you know what? My garden Cucumbers and chives And peppers were so tasty that when I mixed them into a salad, didn't even need salad dressing. Nice. Oh, yeah. The the, the sweetness of the chive and the uh, the little bush pickle cucumbers. Yeah. Not the big English cucumbers yeah, that look yeah, like close. giant, you don't want to know. The wieners. No they kind of look like our microphones.
0: Also like wieners. Yeah. Yep.
1: The bush pickles, way better. Good to know. Yeah. yeah.
0: We're also gardeners, everybody. Yeah. Yeah, Gotta like that.
1: What else? Brando's the final thoughts of the day. What do you want to say about Grand Arbiter Angel
0: Dick Stompers? I super hate white and I super hate blue. I hate both of them. And you also
1: super hate control.
0: And I super hate control decks. go ahead. It's all you. So I invented a white-blue control deck that's a green stompy deck. And that makes me feel really good about myself. It's deceptively fast, totally not on budget, which I also super enjoy. And while it doesn't give you the most varied play experience, which is what we like, I think just the fact that the deck does what it does, and it does it so well, I think will bring you both props and wins, which is also important. It's not all about winning, but sometimes you sometimes you got to win. Sometimes you want to invest money and win games of magic. And we're going to continue teaching you how to win games of magic on the next episode of Commander Cookout Podcast. Hit our theme song! Woo!
1: Dude, do it it it.